if most of you know me, yeah, I'm a, um, if most of you know me, I normally am in costume. Uh, that just really helps me a lot. It, I can hide behind that, you know, and um, the Lord said, not this time. Um, like when Christine's talking about, um, you know, being um, just bare before the Lord. Last night I raised my hand for pride, but this morning when I woke up, I said, no, I'm not ready, Lord. I need the paint. I need, you know, it's like, come on, Lord. And I, I have this special step. I have to have, when I come up and speak, I have to have good hair. And so I have this special step that guarantees good hair. And I forgot it. So I had to do like, like regular, plain old stupid hair today. You know, so it's just like, whatever. Okay, I stood up for the pride. I raised my hand. So here we go. And then um, I, a couple of weeks ago, you know, it's like I, I want, I thought, well, if I can't wear a costume, I want to buy something really cool. So I went, went to the store and I, and I bought this shirt and yeah, it was really great, but I never tried it on. I didn't put it on the whole time. So this morning I wake up and I put it on and I go, I don't really like it. <laughs> it's kind of, I'm just like, like, oh, and I said, well, yesterday it would have been really cool when they did the Native American thing. I'm always a day late, always. I'm always a day late, but I did put on white pants. That's brave after Labor Day. That's really brave. So. I did it. And then my contacts, I can't see. Most of my stuff I didn't write out. I have to, I'm going to have to, so I probably will need this because I'm going to have to go on that. So I've never done a PowerPoint. I brought a brand new computer that I have no idea how I'm going to work. I've never done a PowerPoint, so Daniel put it up for me and said, here, go. Everybody has one or two. I have 28. I'm like, oh, that was a bad choice, Lord, wasn't it? It was just not good. It's not good. Oh, and look at I'm like on some other, I don't even know what, I don't even know how that got up there. You like it? Well, it's not supposed to go there. That verse doesn't go with that. What does brave look like? I guess I like copied and pasted. I'm just going to, this is the first slide. No, I don't want to oh. join there. I'm not ready to jump yet. That doesn't come till after that. Okay. She said she'd come help me. Isn't she awesome? No, just stand right here. I want to be brave. No, I'm good. This is just what, what does brave look like? But what do you guys see in your mind's eye? When you think of bravery, what do you see in your mind's eye? And it's like, you know, I, I look at some of the Bible stories and I look for some really brave women. And it's like, of course, Esther. You know, Esther's amazing. It's like Mordecai says, hey, you're in the queen's position, and they're going to kill all the Jews. You're not exempt. He's going to come into your house. He's killing you and all your father's relatives. It's like, it's it. The story's over, Esther. It's like, if you think you're going to be looked over, forget it. You're not. They're coming for you. And she's like, well, you know, if I go before the king, if, if I go before him, it's death. It's death. He can kill me. And it's like, Okay, whatever you want to do. It's like, but if you don't go, God's faithful. He's going to send somebody. So if you don't want to be used, that's all right. But God's going to send a deliverer. And then Esther's like, okay, everybody, fast right now. Start fasting. And the immortal words, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going. That's brave. It's like, there she is. She's brave. And then there's Deborah and Jael. Is it awesome? I don't know if you know the story of Judges 4 and 5. It's not a it's not a like well-known story. Deborah, you know, there's no man that will step up. Deborah's like, I'll be the judge. You want me to judge these guys? I'll do it. 
she's up there. She says, okay, God says, Barak, you go take the enemies given into your hand. And it's like, but, but the only thing is, Barak, when you go, Barak says, I'm not going unless you go with me. I'm not going unless I have a strong woman. Most men say that. Just kidding. <laughs> it's like, I need a strong woman. And she's like, okay, but, but, but the battle is going to be given to a woman. You're, it's not, you're not going to get it. So I'm thinking, Deborah's going to get this right on. Deborah's going to just do it and rock it. Well, Sisera, he's like the enemy, the enemy of God. Barack goes and gets him. Deborah's riding on her horse. You know it. Like she's just going for the battle. She's in there. She's doing the war cry. Rock a sock. She's doing it, you know. And then it's like Sisera runs and runs, and he sees this tent. It's like, okay, I know that family. He goes there to hide. And Jael's like, come in. Yeah, come in. He's like, can I have water? And she's like, I'm going to make you some warm milk because that makes you really sleepy. I just want you to have some warm milk. So he's all cuddly and warm. She goes, go ahead and rest. Go ahead and rest. And when he's asleep, she takes a tent peg and a sledgehammer, goes up to the side of his head, boom, dead. <laughs> it's like, that brave. It's like, woo, all right, it's brave. That's what I see when I think of brave women. Oh. Running it. Okay, there you go. Now, when I see brave, there you go. That's brave. That's brave. So I'm looking, I'm looking in here, and it's like, okay, okay, brave. Here we go. We're watching. We're watching. We're standing fast in the faith. We are strong and courageous. Okay, God, give us the war cry. Give it. We're going to go. Give me the sledgehammer. Give me the tent peg. Let's go. I'm ready to take him out, Lord. And he's like, everything that you do, oh, yeah, yeah, everything I do, you're going to do it in love. What? In love? Can't I do it in anger? Can't I do it in justice? I want to do it in justice, Lord. I can do a peg through their head in justice like that. But in love, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. See, and when I think of doing everything in love, I kind of think of, that's more like I look, I don't look like Zena the warrior. I look more like this young lady. You know, it's just like, are you kidding me? Love, right? I mean, it's like, that doesn't seem very brave. That doesn't seem very warrior-like. Um, and I, I just have, um, I wanted to go in for the kill, but I didn't know how to do that in love. So I just kind of wanted to, it's like, you know, everything I do, everything, you know, it's, it's all about everything that I do. It's like I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter. You know, I, I go all over our town, I shop for groceries, I go to the post office. Everything I do, God wants me to interact with all these relationships, and he wants me to do it in love. And what I love about that is I love the verse that says, they're going to know that I belong to Jesus for my love for one another. And, you know, and Jesus tells us, like, you need to love your enemies. So even people that don't like me, I can win them for Christ. I can, I can show the face of Jesus by just by loving them. Is that a powerful weapon? Yeah. I thought it was a really powerful weapon. Um, 
And it's agape love. It's unconditional love. 1 John 4, 7, and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. I changed all the pronouns. She who does not love God does not know God. That scared me. If I'm not responding in love, I don't even know God. Because you know why? God is love. He's the source. He is love. He is love. So I thought to myself, it's like, okay, everything I do, I'm going to do in love. And, and I kind of looked at my everything. I see it affects every relationship that I have. Um, it's like, okay, let me take a closer look at love. It's, it's like agape is unconditional and um, self-sacrificing. I don't really do that very well. I don't know about any of you, but I don't do that real well. Um, okay, there we go. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. God gives us a definition. I love the word of God when it explains what it really means. It's like, okay, I want to know. I want to know what that agape love is. I want to know it. So what does it mean, Lord? It's the definition of love is love suffers long. I suffer usually about 10, 15 minutes, and that's about it for me. Um, and it's kind. And if you know anybody I live with, they'll be able to tell you I'm not always kind. Um, love does not envy. Ah. Um, love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. does not behave rudely. Oh, that's another one. Sometimes I can kind of go through them, and it's like, okay, okay, I can kind of do that. But I'm pretty rude. Um, does not seek its own. That's all I think about myself. It's not provoked. I'm, everything provokes me. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. I, I like rejoice in justice, but a lot of times it ends up being iniquity. <laughs> I'm just like, eh, it's really iniquity. But rejoices in the truth bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And she stole my battle cry thing, man. I wanted to do the battle cry. This is it, girls. We're changing the battle cry. Rocket stocks for the men. Love never fails. That's it. Never. We don't always understand. We don't always get what's happening. That doesn't look loving. I have a son that's at 10 years old. He got type 1 diabetes. I did not think God was loving. I did not get that. I told God, it's like, strike me dead. Give it to me. We, I bargained with him for like about four years. I lost. But, and God has it all working for him. And, and that's okay. And I've come to grips with that. But I stumbled. I, it rocked my world. Because I had to understand that it wasn't about me. It was about Jacob's walk with the Lord. It was about his relationship with Christ. He has his own God stories, and it's amazing. So the first thing I thought, it's like, I can't do that. I can't do that. Not at all. I can't even do it a little bit. So it's just like, okay, um, maybe I need some training. It's like, God, could you just give me a little bit of training? Um. Because I just can't, I can't do anything in love, not with that kind of love. Um, but I'm going to need some training. I love that it was the Corinthians, that this, this is where we're at. It's the, it's the Corinthians. They were jacked up. They were so messed up, it wasn't funny. I love it. It's like, that's me. 
took me as I'm reading it, and Danielle couldn't remember the weird sexual thing. It was like a, a son with his stepmom. He's like, ew, creepy. <laughs> That's so creepy. It's like, you know, and they were just carnal. It, it's like they struggled with, you know, doing what's right, and they were just, they, were, they drank all the time. It was just too funny. Um, and they had to have two letters. It's like not just one letter. It's like, oh, double whammy. You guys are messed up. You're messed up. But that's, that's really me. They were just like me. And that's what I love about the Bible. I love about reading the Bible that it's, I can see myself in those stories. I can see my weaknesses. And I can see what God can do. It's like what God can do. It's like, look what he did for this screwed up person. <laughs> it's like, that's me. He can do that for me too. Um, and that's, I love the verse that says, God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. That's when I, I that's my life verse. It's like, sometimes when I, when I get to that point where it's like, I can't figure out why God loves me. Why would he use me? Why me, Lord? I just, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. I'm so messed up. I make, you know, failure after failure, Lord. I don't get why you would use me. And then I read that voice <laughs> verse and it's like, oh, that makes sense. You want to be most foolish thing in the world, and then now you're going to be glorified. Um, I don't know if anyone knows Patsy Claremont. She's um, older. She retired um, from the Women of Faith, but she has a book called God Uses Cracked Pots. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I, I, I encourage you to um, get that and, and encourage yourself with it. Um, and Really, I don't know if anyone's like me, but really, all of my life, I wanted to be loved. All of my life, from the very moment. When I was young, um, up until I was about five years old, my dad was my hero. He loved me like no other. He just, I was the apple of his eye. I was his favorite. Um, at five, he decided he didn't want that anymore. Um, and I I've spent the rest of my life, up till about till I came to know Christ, I spent the rest of my life pursuing love, I, acceptance. I didn't even know what it was. Um, and I just, I did everything. I got into promiscuity. I did drugs. I did, I did everything. I just looking for, it's like I need some kind of satisfaction. I'm looking to be loved. I went from man to man thinking some man could supply that for me. And I was always disappointed and brokenhearted, and a mess. But that um, we want to be loved desperately, and that's what the amazing thing about Jesus Christ is, is that he loves us, takes us. I gave him a mess. When I came to the Lord, I was a mess. I was a mess. And um, it was such a refreshing, um, hopeful thing that the God of the universe that created everything just wanted me just as I was he just wanted me and he loved me I never felt more loved than I was loved by the Lord and then I when I looked at all my mess I said but God this is my mess and he says you know what daughter second Corinthians five seventeen. again to the Corinthians right on it's a mess if anyone that means me because I'm an anyone even if I'm low on the total pole, I'm still in anyone, is in Christ. She is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And so it's like now that we're getting some training, I, we really need to know, um, I think more than anything else, 
is that God loves us. Um, that was a hard concept, just that he really loved me. I really battled with that. And it says in John 14, 12 through 18, most is true. I put it in red. Did you like that? That's my big, you know, hoo-hoo. I really know how to do PowerPoint. I put some letters in red. <laughs> uh, most assuredly, I say to you. Oh, dang it. It's red on my screen. Oh, it's red over there, right on. Red to the right. No, is that right? That's your left? Okay. My right, your left. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, she who believes in me, the works that I do, she will do also. And greater works than these she will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified, there's the whole key, in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. It's the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. But you, ladies, you, you, you know him. You know him. Those are truths for you. Those live in your life. God says, Jesus Christ says, you know him. So you ha he's going to go to the Father for you. He's our intercessor. You know, it's, it, he's going to be praying. Those are prayers that are going to be answered. Um, and, he's, and the Holy Spirit dwells with us and in us. Don't you love um, Jeremy Camp? The same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Who thinks that's awesome power? <laughs> lives inside of us that same power there you go daniel i like daniel's back there yeah <laughs> called you out um, and then in verse 21 it says she who has my commandments and keeps them it is she that loves me and she loves me and she who loves me will be will be loved by my father and i will love her and manifest myself to her so I just always meditated on those verses. I just trusted the Lord. It's like he's going to keep those. He promises me that his spirit lives inside of me and that he is, is there for me. He's never going to leave or forsake me. Never, ever, ever. Um, and so I, yesterday I, had, I was sitting over these verses and I'm just like, okay, I know God. I know you love me. Um, the greatest commandment that Jesus gives us is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's agape love. God expects us to agape love him, unconditional, self-sacrificing love. He, that's his demand. That's his commandment. It's like, that's what I want from you. And he, um, I said, that's cool, but nobody can do it. Nobody has that agape love. So I had to call Jason. That's my son. Um, Danielle's my daughter-in-law. I'm so blessed. And I said, okay, I said, okay, where does the Bible say that I don't have to supply any of that? He does it all. Because I know it's Christ. So, but I need, and Jason's like, oh, well, he gave me the abiding in the vine. You've got to be attached to the vine or you don't have any power. You're just cut off and thrown away. I said, that's good. That's not what I want. And so he goes, I got the big guns next to me. You want me to talk to him? So it's so nice to have to be able to, to verify with people. So Jackie gave me Romans 5, 1 through 5. You're going to move with me, Josh? Are you doing it? 
I don't know that this is even working. Am I pointing it the right way? Oh, thanks. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Let's put this one on our, our fridge. We also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who, has, who was given to us. And that just so reminds me of the rivers of living water that Jesus promised to us. It's like, you know what, if we're connected to him, if we're in Christ, we're elect, we're chosen, and he's going, he promises that he's going to pour in that love. And that's the love that's going to go out. It's not none me. Thank goodness. None me. None me. And it's all him. So I just have to depend on him. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Peter. Peter kind of reminds me of this. Poor Peter. He always gets pulled out as an example, doesn't he? I wanted to find a woman, but Peter's was just too great. We just couldn't pass it up. Um, we all remember Peter. Here it is. It's like, you know, the day before, a couple of days before crucifixion day, and, you know, he tells Jesus, it's like, Jesus says, you know, you're all going to deny me. And Peter's like, I'm, I'm brave. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Everybody could die. Everyone, everyone else could fail you, Lord, but not me. Not me. And sure enough, the night comes, you know, and goes through the three times. Jesus promised it three times. There they were. Three times Peter denies him. And you can, I, what gets me is the moment in the gospel that says, and Peter saw his eyes. They had eye-to-eye contact. Can you imagine the devastation that when Peter went out and whipped better, wept bitterly, that makes sense. It's like I can just see looking Jesus in the eyes, and it's like, I thought I loved you. I thought I loved you. I gave you everything, but I had nothing. And then it's, you know, Peter goes to the tomb. He, still, everything's all crazy. He doesn't even know what's going on. He just knows he failed. I failed. I'm not worth it. I'm unworthy. I don't even, why I even got to follow him, I never figured it out. And then all of a sudden, Peter's like, I'm going back to what I know. He's fishing, looks out on the shore. He's like, that looks familiar. John says, it's Jesus. He leaps into the water and dives out to him. And he goes up to the shore, you know, and, and it is. It's, it's his Savior. And he gets that eye-to-eye contact again. And Jesus says, hey, Peter. Remember you said you agape loved me? Let me ask you today. Do you agape me, Peter? Crushed. Crushed. Peter looks and says, no, Lord. You know I didn't agape you. Lord, but I do love you. You're my friend. And it's like once it's enough, right? It's like, okay, that's a, the stabbing. It's like, yeah, I know who I am, Jesus. I know who I am. I saw it. And Jesus asks him again, it's like, well, Peter, do you, do you agape me? And Peter says, Lord, you know. Okay, I'm confessing. You know. You know, everybody saw it. You know. I, I don't agape you. I, I fail you. That's all I can do. That's all I've got. Jesus says, feed my sheep then. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Lord. I'm right below here. I don't know what to do. I'm just nothing but a disappointment. 
couple weeks go by. Jesus has promised the Holy Spirit. And they're all, you know, they all go to their, you know, their, their feasts and everything. Everybody goes. It's Feast of Pentecost. They're there. Peter's still obedient. You know, they've done the law. You know, they've done all the Jewish things. He's there. And all of a sudden, things are happening. Peter's looking around like, what's going on? The Spirit comes and falls. Power is falling. It's like, I see it now. I see it. Here's an opportunity. And people are going, what's wrong? Is everybody drunk? What's the matter with everybody? What's going on here? Peter, the broken, Peter, the one that realizes, is like, I'm nothing. Jesus is everything. It's all him. None me. All him. Gets up and says, the most amazing gospel message ever. Preaches it out to everyone that will listen to him. And God comes, shows up, and says, now you're my vessel, Peter. Now you're empty. I'm going to fill you with rivers of living water. 3,000 people, 3,000 people come forward and say, that's the God I want to serve. I see that power. I see that love. That's who I want to serve. So one of the things, um, you can't quit. You never give up. I do have to have visuals. can't give up ever and that's what I loved about Peter is he just didn't give up he just didn't quit um you know I fall short a lot I I disappoint myself I know I've disappointed the Lord but you know what I love is God God loves me still and he realizes I'm just dirt I love that Adam was made out of dirt (laughs) It's like, I'm just dirt, Lord, so there's no great expectation for me. So, and I have no confidence in the flesh. That's awesome, too. It's just like, there's just no confidence in the flesh. But what we do, and once we're trained, once we know God loves us, we've got that power of love inside us. We're sure that God loves us. We need to be armed. Um, Because I don't know about you, um, but when... When we moved to Idaho, guns were like a big thing. Uh, women carry guns everywhere. I'm like, yeah, rock it, girls. They pack. Anybody pack? Don't be scared. <laughs> All right, right on, girls. Be brave. I pack. I don't pack, but I want to really bad. I'm going to pack one day. I just don't know when. <laughs> out in a tattoo? Yeah, there you go. That's just, yeah. So, but, you know, I just want us to know, it's just like when I thought of this, it's like cocked and loaded. It's like it's ready. I'm cocked and loaded. I'm ready to go. We have to be armed. Because doesn't that make you braver? It's like you hear something outside, and you've got, you've got kids or something. You hear something in the ground, you've got to go check it out. And it's like you're pretty scared, especially if it's dark. You're all by yourself. Your husband's gone, or you're just alone. You're, all by, you, you're scared. You're cocked and loaded. You're not scared. Well, not as scared. You might be a little bit scared, but it's like, I'll just blow his brains out. If it's an animal, if it's a bear, I'll just shoot it. It's all good. But I just, you know, it's just like once you're trained, we have to have, a, we have, to have ammo. We have to be ready. And we want our, our uh, weapons to be cocked and loaded. And um, to do that, what, what kind of weaponry do we have? 
Um, Ephesians 1, 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So when we're in Christ, we, have, we don't even know. I know, I, we don't even know. We have no idea what we have. I love the stories of Daniel, you know, when it talks about the Gabriel, or was it Gabriel? Was it Michael? One of them are bad. One of them's bad with the bone, with the, with the air, you know, with that. Michael? That's one of them. And, but they're just, he's down there. He's ready to go. It's just like, I love that. It's like we have incredible spiritual blessings that we can pray for, that God fills us with. He gives us gifts. I mean, God provides everything we need. So he provides all the love that we have to love people with, and he gives us every bit of ammunition that we need to come against the enemy. Um, in Ephesians 3.8, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this is Paul talking, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. I was so glad when I found out in Christ I'm rich. <laughs> always wanted to be rich, always been poor. But I thought, you know, but there, of course it's not financially, but, you know, it's like the Lord gives us incredible riches, patience, joy, you know, all of the gifts of the Spirit, you know, it's like, God gives us those as gifts, as gifts. And who doesn't love a good gift? I love gifts. Um, in Galatians 2, 9 and 10, um, for him, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's Jesus. And you, ladies, you in here who love Jesus, you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Jesus commands, he's in charge of every single everything that's going on everywhere. Every atom he's in, in complete charge of. And in you, in Christ, we are totally complete to handle that. We can just come against the, whatever is coming at us because we are totally complete in Jesus. And then... Um, when our when our weapons are like cocked and loaded and we're ready to we're ready to be used I, I think of isaiah when the lord says who should we send to do our bidding who are we going to send out with our message and and the angel comes and, and you know because isaiah says i'm a man of unclean lips there's purification that comes but he stands up and says send me lord i'll go because he's in love with Christ. He's in love with the Lord. He wants to go. So when we're ready spiritually, like when Danielle was teaching, it's like, this is everything, ladies. It's everything. This is like the word of God doesn't return void. It's everything that we need. It's every encouragement that you need. It's like when we have this and we believe it, we are ready to go to battle. We are cocked and loaded. Um, we have a, a lot of things that we have to come and battle against. Um, most people don't know this. I battle with depression quite a bit. Um, about a year and a half ago, um, my I was, wasn't in the Word. I was um, just, I guess, feeling sorry for myself. But I just felt like my family deserved better than I could give them. 
I thought they were worth more. I felt like I love, this is what I can I put in my mind, the stinking thinking thing. My husband deserves better than me, so I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave because I want him to be happy and be loved. That's the right thing, right? That's like, I want him to be well off. I want him to have better than me. You know, that's a, that's a good thing, right? And um, that's self-sacrificing or whatever. But really, it was just um, all inside. I just didn't know how to deal with my depression. I didn't know what to do with it. I, I hated where I was. I hated who I was being. Um, and I didn't know how to change it. I didn't know what to do with it. And so I went in and talked to my son. I, I, being in ministry sometimes or being in leadership, you know, it's like you don't want to tell anybody. It's like, I'm screwed up right now. I hate everybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want anyone correcting me. I, you know, my husband's a jerk. Everyone's, you know, everyone's ruining my life. I don't get it. I just don't want to, don't want to do anything. And that brings isolation. For me, it's like I'm out here living life large, you know, loving the Lord, doing what I'm supposed to do. And it seems like little by little, just that fading away that we talked about in, in church a couple Sundays ago. It's just like I'm just kind of drifting, just kind of drifting, and I'm just getting more isolated and more isolated. My thinking is more, yeah, Carol, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I'm sure the enemy uses that like no other. So I went in to see my son, and he's the assistant pastor, so I'm thinking, okay, this is safe. I can, I can tell him. And I, and I love my kids. I don't want my kids to be, if I leave my husband, my, I think it's going to rock my kids' world. So I, I don't want to do that. So I, I'm just going to him because Eric's not his dad. So it, I thought he would have a little bit clearer thinking. So I said, you know, I, Eric and I have just been having some really serious problems. I don't want to fix them. I want Eric to go and find somebody beautiful and young and be happy, somebody that will really be the wife that he really deserves. And I'm going to divorce him and I'm going to leave him. And I just can't deal with life anymore. I can't cope. I just can't do it anymore. And the easiest thing for me to do is run. I'm just going to run and I'll, I won't come to church anymore. I'll leave. I'll, everybody will be okay. It'll be all right. And my son, um, he listened for a long time as I'm just dumping out all the garbage. And um, he looks at me and he goes, Mom, you can't quit. And I think, what? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I, and, and things weren't better right away. God was really good. Um, when Kathy talked about health, I can't tell you, ladies, how important that is, how really important that is. It's, I was just in a, in a really bad place health-wise, and um, God was faithful. He moved me to a new location at my work. I met a young lady very into health that could help me. He came alongside me. I found mentors. I found people that cared and, and would stand beside me and keep me accountable. I went on a journey of health. I was able to get healthy. And you know what happened? My thinking cleared. My thinking started thinking right. My thinking, it's, it's like, you know, Eric doesn't deserve better than me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm good enough for him. He's <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, I love my husband. That's see, I I really do love my husband, and that was like when she first told me you're going to be talking on love. I started crying, because I knew God had been working on this, because it's easier for me to shut down. 
because of things that have happened in my past as a child, I build the wall so that the pain doesn't, it's, it's, I don't know that I'm afraid of it. I just build the wall and say, you're not coming in. I'm not afraid of you, but you're not getting past the wall because I'm cocked and loaded. I'll kill you. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so, you know, I, it's important, ladies. Your health is important. I just encourage you to engage in your health. There's something out there for everybody. Find something. If we eat good food, our mind's clear. When we get all the processed garbage out of our brains, you can think clearer. You feel better. You get more energy. It's just great. You know, it's just like, okay, I, I'm on it. And at least it gives you the tool to be at your best. You know, it's like it's hard enough. The enemy really does come against us. You know, and when we're weak, when we're in a, one of some of our weakest state, he so trips us up, and we, and we get to a place where, like, how in the world did I ever get here? How did I get here? I was out of the word. I'm like, it'd been, like, months, months. I mean, not that I never picked it. I mean, I still went to church. I mean, I had to show the picture. Everyone had to think I was okay, you know? It's like, but in my intimate, in that, like Christine talked about, in that, you know, I wasn't real to the Lord. I knew I was broken. I knew I was messed up but I wasn't going to go to the Lord. I just, so we just like those things help. We need to really start getting our tools. We really need to um, take aim at the bullseye, which is love. You know, it's like we need to get your weapon of choice. You know, I mean, if it's a bow, you know, and you're going to release the arrow, it's like we need to focus in. You need to hone in on what we have. You know, and we do have so much, um, ammunition, you know, we do have, that surrounds us. Um, we have um, incredible radio stations in Twin Falls. We have Bible teaching all day long. You know, you, you might have your family, I think you should verify that the teacher is a godly, right-on teacher, you know. I think that's a Berean, we need to do that. There's incredible Christian music that can encourage your spirit, you know, um, God Inspire is an incredible store. They, they put all kinds of Christian, you know, so you can wear it. You can display it. It's like, oh, I don't really like to, you know, you know, talk to people about the Lord. Wear it. <laughs> wear it. This, this was our, this was our um, verse. I had her make it for me. And I said, I want you to make me. It's 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. She put 13 down the arm, God Inspire in Twin Falls. She put 14 here. I said, I need some bling, baby. So she blinged it up for me a little bit. So she'll do anything you want. It costs about 20 bucks. Everything there is fairly reasonable. But it's like, I need it all around me. I need, I need TV. You know what? If you have Netflix, if you're watching Christian movies, you're going to get the thing spiritual. You have to be careful what you watch. But you can get good, solid Christian stuff going into your eyes. If I'm putting stuff, I, sometimes when people, when I, it's like, well, I like country music. Get over it. Put Christian music into your ears. Country music, who wants to be depressed? I love country. Don't get me wrong. I love country. But, you know, it's the dog, the woman, everything's bad. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's like, put good stuff in. Put good, be purposeful. Focus, girls. Like, we're aiming. You're taking that focus. You're taking your focus. There's your target is love. You are focused. There's no distractions. Life's hard enough. We're distracted by all these things everywhere. Everything that I can control 
I'd think, okay, this is what I'm going to put into my eyes. This is what I'm putting into my ears. This is what I'm, even like, I need, con- I need to be encouraged today. So it's like, I'm going to put Christian on, and I'm going to know the verse. When you wear that shirt, wear, know the verse. Don't wear it and go, I don't know what it says. Don't do that. That could, you know, bad witness. Just know it. Just know it. Know it, know it, know it. It's like this, it's one verse usually on this shirt. It's okay. You know, write it on your hand or something. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. Um, so it's doing everything in love is a pretty big, um, I don't know, kind of, I don't want to say it overwhelmed me, but I just didn't think I could do everything I do in love. I could do like three things I do in love, you know. I could schedule. It's like, okay, today at 10, I'm going to do this in love. And 11.30, I'll do another in love thing. But, you know, and um, one of the things when we're taking aim at love, we we need to take a a deadly aim, a deadly aim at the wiles of the devil. Um, I know most of us know the verse in Galatians. Is it Galatians? Is it Galatians or Ephesians? Maybe it's Ephesians 6. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you don't got it on, girls, guess what? You can't stand. It's, that's why God tells you to put it on. And, you know, I have fallen on my face so many times. I have so many war wounds, <laughs> you know, which is okay. You know, it's, you get up stronger. But um, it's like, be ready realize it's like I love it. it's like the whole teaching was like look we've got an enemy this is a battle this isn't a playground this this is a battle this is people you know people that we meet they're going to many of them don't know the Lord they're going to hell they're not just like my father-in-law just recently moved in with us not happy I'm not happy I wish I could say oh what a blessing he doesn't know Jesus but I'm like oh bummer because he, everything I do is wrong, you know, he doesn't really want Jesus. I told him I was going to Israel, and it's like, why in the world would you do that? Because I love Jesus, because I'm brave. You know, I, I'm trying, it's like, what can you say, you know? It's like, what can I say? I don't know, I don't know, I'm going because I want to walk where Jesus walked. My son's going, I don't know. It's all good, but um, he let me go for history. I told him I was going for the history reasons, and he said, that's a good reason. But he doesn't, you know, it's, I, I feel like there's nothing in common I don't have anything in common with him. My mom's moving up here next week, which is, yay. Now, my mom loves Jesus, so I'm so excited about that. And she's not living with me. God bless her soul. (laughs) I I just, I love her. My father-in-law, unfortunately, is in really poor health. Really, really poor health. He's had five stents put in his heart. He's had two pretty major heart attacks. Um, since he's been here a week and a half, we've been to the hospital. They had to blow up the balloons inside of his stent. Um, he's got type 2 diabetes, full-blown, full-blown. And he bought um, a baker's dozen of glazed donuts at Walmart. So I was like, okay, rock on donuts. I don't even know. I, what do you say? You know, it's like I know I've, I've met him. I've, talk, he's, I've been married to my husband 25 years, almost. And we were together two years before that, and I've spent maybe seven days with his dad. So I don't even know him. I don't even know him. So I'm, I was like people say, it's like, like Christine was talking about this morning, I was like, mm, I don't really want to do that, Lord. But you know what the Lord showed me? 
My husband loves his dad. Has his dad. Has his dad. He's done, he's, he's been washing his dad's feet and cutting his five-inch long toenails. My husband doesn't do that without gagging. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't do that without gagging, ladies. I mean, when I saw him do that, it's like, oh my gosh, that's love in action. He wouldn't, he would, he would let me die. He'd let my, my toenails fall off. He just, you know what I mean? But it's like, he loves his dad. And it's just like, oh. And he's been estranged from his dad for a lot of years of his life. You know, and it's just, it's, it's neat seeing, it's like, wow, that's love. I went back to 1 Corinthians 13, and I went, wow, and there's no washing of feet or cutting toenails in here. That's love. It's like, that's nothing like it. It's like, ooh, that creeped me out. It was like, ooh, gosh, I have to do it. I told, I told him, I said, I can't do it. I said, did you see him? It's got to be done. <laughs> it's got to be done. I can't do it. So, it's... Um, we have to have the whole armor of God on that we can stand. Because otherwise, ladies, you just can't stand. And um, I, like, I like being prepared. I like it that God's word spells everything out for us. In 2 Corinthians, I have some strongholds in my life. Um, some things that I, I battle with. I talked about the depression. You know, I, those are some things that I battle with. But I love that in 2 Corinthians, to the Corinthians again, second letter though, so hopefully they were doing better. It says, for the weapons of our warfare, so we're at war, face it, this is a war, you better get your battle gear on. And, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I pray that over myself all the time. It's like, God, my thought life is what messes with me. You know, Nobody knows that. That's a hidden thing. Nobody even knows what I think. I can think really bad stuff. But you know what I mean? That's something that's not, nobody can see it but me and the Lord. And so I'm always praying. It's like, God, change that. Change that in my mind. And there's um, Philippians 3.14. I love when we, it's like we're, we're on a mission. It's like I love, like, forget whatever's behind because I got a lot of garbage behind. But I'm pressing on toward the goal. I'm, I, my, I'm aimed at the target. I'm pressing on toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's like there's a call in my life. There's a call on your life. God is calling you. I encourage you, answer, go forward, move it. He's given you all the things that you need. You are totally armed. You are cocked and loaded. And then the next thing we have to do is like pull the trigger. So we're trained. You know, we've been trained in the Lord. Um, we're armed. You know, it's like we're taking aim. We're getting rid of the distractions in our life. So we either just have to release the bow or we have to pull the trigger. Um, you know, ladies, we have to get serious. We really have to get serious about our walk with Jesus. Um, we really are in the last days. We really are in the last days. Two thousand Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, I'm going to be right back. You're in the last days starting right now, and I'm going to be right back. And it's been 2,000 years. And we've seen everything that's happened. We know the fulfilled prophecy. It's any moment. Any single moment he can come back. 
It's like, don't waste any more time. Don't get purposeful. Focus. Do it. It's like, who doesn't want to stand before the Lord and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? That's my biggest fear, that I'll go before the Lord on the last day after I've died, and he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. I fear that like no other, like no other. You know, and things right now, lady, they're changing. And it may be our lifetime, our lifetime, that we have to really start redeeming the time. You know, I'm, I'm not afraid of the presidency because I know God elects kings, but I'm afraid he's not going to give us what we deserve. I'm afraid we're going to get what we deserve. And we're going to have to stand. There's going to come a time where it's, I, I don't know if anyone's ever read, um, it's by DC Talk. It's not Book of the Martyrs. Jesus freak, I love it. Jason tells me I'm a freak show all the time. And it's like, I'm a Jesus freak show. And so it's just like, it's Jesus freaks. And I read one story in there I've never been able to forget. Um, a, a mother and father, they're, I don't know what country they were even in, but they're in a foreign country. They're missionaries. Um, they have their small children with them. I think they were like five, seven, and nine. They've captured them, and they've told them, we are going to kill your children one by one in front of your eyes, and then you, if you do not recant the gospel that you're preaching. And the parents looked at their children. They said, I'll see you in about five minutes. Who does that? Who does that? If you're, that's brave. But they're equipped with God's word. And you know, it's like, hey, God's preparing a place for us. We're just going to go there early, right on. And it's better than any place we've ever been. It's like he is, and he gives you that strength. When we know his word, those words are so powerful when you have to use them. When it's like, I've got to stand right here, God gives you the word. He gives it to you, and you're like, I'm all in. I'm in. And he lets you walk like you've never walked before. Um, we really have to make sure our motivation is correct, why we're doing all the things that we do. Because when we do anything in love, you know, when it's real agape love, when it's real self-sacrificing, Christ is the center of my life love. Whatever we do, we have to do for the glory of God. And that was to the Corinthians, too. I love that. These messed up people, he had some words for that were going to rock the world, move the world, change the world. It's like whatever we do, we have to do it to the glory of God. And it feels so good when God's glorified. Um, there is one moment in history that was the bravest moment ever. The bravest moment ever. In John 15, 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. But at the time, we were his enemies. At the time when, he, when my Savior laid down his life for me, I was just a sinner. Those people were just steeped in sin. They were his enemies. Nobody, his disciples, nobody stood by him. You can maybe make an argument for John. Nobody stood by him. 
You know what held him on that cross? God. God held him on that cross. The pain, the suffering for my sin, for my sin. It wasn't their sin. It was my sin that held him to that cross. And what a love. I mean, I've never been loved like that. I, had, I mean, when you, you fathom the love of Christ, what he's done on our behalf as his enemy, as someone who didn't love him, what he did for me, it just makes me fall on my face before him. How could you love me like that? But he does. That's the cool part is he does. It's ours. He's, we've already read. It's ours. He loves us that way. Us, the, we believe in him. He loves us like we have never been loved before. And you know what? I want to experience that love more and more. I want to spend more time with him. I want to love him and love him and love him and love him. I want to know that he's loving me and loving me and loving me and loving me. I want rivers of living water flowing through me because I'm so filled with him that it's none me. I love um, that when it's like less of me and more of him. I love going when he says that. It's like, it's just like less of me and more of him. That's the way it has to be. But how beautiful it is. How beautiful it is when we're reflecting the image of Christ. Maybe I wanted to encourage you. Um, Christ is everything. I want him to ignite a fire in you. I hope this weekend that um, he's set your soul on fire. I love being in love. I just, I love it. There's nothing like it. It's, and he loves me like no other to the uttermost. And it's like that sets my soul on fire. And I hope it does yours. And I know I want to tell you, be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Be fearless. Don't let anything stop you. It's like I'm in love with him. I'm in love with him. You know how you love your kids? Mo I'm, I'm assuming most of us, the mothers, maybe not everybody, I'd die for my kids like that. The grown ones, 36 years old like that, I would, in a heartbeat, my grandkids die for them in a second. My daughter-in-law die for them in a second. In a second, without even thinking. That's the way I want my love to be for Christ. In a second. I'll stand for him in a second. It doesn't matter. It, it's like, because I know that his is real and genuine and true. It's so true that, like, the only truth, really, that there is. Wow. And ladies, I just want to encourage you. I hope you're persuaded. In, in Romans 8, 38 and 39, it says, I am persuaded. You know what that means? I know that I know that I know. There's, there's no questioning it. I know it's true. It is the absolute truth. It's rock-bottom truth. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That gives me power. That makes me brave. That's like, yeah, nothing. Nothing will do that. Nothing will separate me. And when we have to do everything that we do in love, we really are affecting every relationship that we have. Everybody you, you come in contact with, you become um, 
the gospel, the walking gospel to people that you meet. And these people are valid and, and precious in the eyes of Christ. They're, that's what he died for. That's, that was his purpose, was coming to save them. It is so critical that our lives become that gospel, walking gospel, that we just are reaching out to everyone to give them the opportunity. It's like he loved you. He loved you. Because we all want to desperately be loved. Um, we really have to remove all of our expectations off people and put all of our expectations on Christ. Um, but you know what's nice is it's not really our job to save anyone. Even though we're out there sharing the gospel, we, it's not our job to save them, that belongs to the Lord. But it is our job to lift him up. When we lift him up, people will be drawn. He himself, he does it all. <laughs> he does it all. He'll be drawing them unto himself. Um, and then, like I said, that, that love is how people know who we are, that love that we have for one another. You know, and I really, this is so awesome. Is I love that it's several different churches. Um, we really are an encouragement to each other. We really need to be there for each other. I love that we have women's connections and we meet monthly. I love that there's women Bible studies. I encourage you, ladies, if you don't have a group at your church, start one. If You know, pray, start one. If you don't have one, you want to come to some other one, look, find it, do it, get involved. Start, you know, serve, serve somewhere. Do plug in, do it. That is so edifying. <laughs> it so builds you up. It so strengthens you when you are in the battle, when you're doing it, when you're there. It's like, okay, I've got to participate. I love, you know, it's like there's so many areas. There's so many. There's like so many areas in church. Um, ladies, um, really, I've, I've barely scratched the surface of love. You know, I really encourage you um, to, to do a, a search of love yourself. It's amazing how he loves you. It's amazing. Um, and everyone that he puts in your life, you're his instrument. He wants to be his willing vessel. He wants to use you to bring people to Christ, to go on missions to France, to, to go to Africa. You know, I mean, people are doing things that they never thought possible, that they couldn't even imagine. And when we make ourselves available to God, God says, okay, now I'm going to blow your mind, so hold on. <laughs> hmm. um, so I just want to remember, we're trained. Um, God has loved us with an everlasting love. You are loved. You can bank on that. You are loved by your Father. You are loved by Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God fills you. That love is filling you up. We're armed. Um, we have a deadly weapon. <laughs> we have a deadly weapon. A deadly weapon. The Word of God is amazing. Never returns void. You don't have to beat anybody over the head with it. You know, it's just like I've had a lot of people tell me, it's like, I can't memorize Scripture. You know, I can't memorize Scripture. It's like, you know, I'm not that great at it. I can remember, like, John 3.16. You know, I mean, I know the big ones. <laughs> you know, I got, like, five verses I can do. it. But you know what I did notice is that when you're listening to Bible teaching, you're going to church, you're, you're reading every day, you're reading your word, 
You may not know the verse, but you know, you can finish it. Somebody starts it, it's like, I know the end. You know, it's like when Jackie's teaching, I'm finishing his, his scripture. When he's reading, it's like, I know that, I know that. So you can work that into your conversation without saying, the Bible says, and, you know, because a lot of times that shuts people down. But you can share the truth of the word of God and, and edify them and build them up and draw them. Um, so we do have a weapon that it, it pierces between bone and marrow. Um, you know, and get the bullseye, get love in your sight, focus on it, get rid of your distractions. And then I encourage you, I encourage you, step in, be faithful, get involved, do pull the trigger, start having a purposeful life. Start, you know, deliberately taking your day on. And absolutely, starts with reading the word, starts with prayer, you know. And it doesn't matter five minutes, you know, two hours. It doesn't, you know, it's like do what you can do. God knows your schedule. God knows your height. He knows exactly where you're. And you, it's like, this is what I can do, Lord. He's faithful. He's right there. And then I'm going to change your battle cry. Um, Oh, I wasn't going to share this because I'm probably going to cry. But I am so blessed. I am so blessed. I have my oldest son is an assistant pastor at an awesome God Bible teaching church. My daughter-in-law is right with there in ministry. They're raising their kids in the Lord. It's awesome. My youngest son was a mess. <laughs> he was a mess. But he went to a Bible college, and I thought, Lord, don't let him screw up the Bible college. Please. <laughs> But God was good. He spent two years at the Bible college. He was called back to, I didn't think, he, he said, I'll never come back to Idaho, and I had to be okay with that. But now he's at Giving Springs. Um, he's ministering to the youth. Um, he does worship. Um, it's just amazing, everything that's going on. And I'm just, like, so thankful to the Lord for that. And then um, I have my middle son, Kevin. At four years old, he gave his heart to the Lord four years old. I mean, and I told him, I said, I don't think he's ready. And the guy that, that prayed with him, he said, I received Christ at four. And I went, wow. And Kevin grew up always in um, church all the time. And then he joined the Navy. And it was his life's dream and goal. And it was, I was so happy for him, although I didn't want him to go away. He joined in high school. And um, um, I had made a mistake and, and raising them, when I raised them in the Lord, I didn't teach them how to defend their faith. And some, some people, some um, atheists, they go away on a debt for six months. Six months out of the year, he's in a small room with another guy. And um, an atheist was with him and an agnostic. And those are, that's normally who his roommate is. And it's just like, hey, yeah, that's your mom's thing. You know, hey, let's go. If we come over here, China, <laughs> yeah, they have the same thing. They call them Buddha. Over here, we're, hey, we're in Iraq. Okay, well, over here, guess what they call them? They call them Allah. It's just a fable. Your mom's just bought into a story. And he believed that. So he couldn't defend his faith. So I was like, okay, Lord. Um, I don't know what to do with that, Lord. I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm hurt. Save him, Lord. 
Fix it. And it hasn't yet. And it's been seven years. But God's sneaky. I just love the Lord. He's so sneaky. Um, Kevin got married. And he married a sold-out, born-again Christian. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Now, he hasn't given his heart to the Lord. But you know how that encouraged me? As I'm reading what love really is, God loves him. And God's promised me that the love that he has for Kevin is never going to fail. Because you know what happened? The enemy led me to stories like of Esau and Jacob. Esau doesn't make it. God hates Esau. Esau hates God. Those things bug me. It's like, wait a minute, Lord. Everybody's got to be all in. He's still in the line. It's like, what about my Kevin? Does that mean he's out? What happened, Lord? I don't know what happened. And God always says, look at me. He says, look at me. You keep your eye right on the bullseye. You aim like there's no aim. And I can't preach to my son. I can't, you know, he won't let me do that. And it, and it closes him off. He just closes him off. He just closes up right away. But one thing that Kevin does is that he needs to be hugged and loved all the time. So that's what I do every second I'm with him. Even Jason, he, I, Jason and I had, um, you know, wasn't a great mom in his younger life. So I'm making up for all the kisses I didn't give him when he was like two, three, and four, and five. And so at 36, he gets kisses all over his face all the time. Kind of freaks him out, but <laughs> but I'm doing it. But like with Kevin, God has told me over and over this this verse of what love is. God has told me that's how you're winning him. That you're going to lift me up. I'm drawing him to myself. And that's love. It never fails. It's what's going to win him. So I'm standing on that. That's my battle cry. Love never fails. What does Rakasaki even mean? Strong and courageous. Okay, see, I forget. So when I say it in English, I say it in English. Love never fails. I know what that means every single time. When I say Rakasaki, it's like I'm not sure what I said. But, but it's good. I know it's good. So that's what I, I just want to just tell you, ladies. Trust in the word. Believe it. Stand on it. Make it yours. Make it yours. Say, this, this is a truth for me. It's, I believe it with every fiber of my being. When I look at it, when I look at it out in the world, it's jacked up. I don't, I really, when I put my, I have to really take it out of my mind. I have to take that thought captive because it's like there's, I don't see how you're going to do it, Lord. I don't see how you're going to do it. But then I just stop that. And it's like, it doesn't matter. I don't have to see it. Because I pray for mentors for my kids. Pray, God told me when I, I would never lead Jason to Christ. Audibly. He goes, I will because I'm praying for my son. It's like he's probably 14 or 15 years old. It's like, Lord, Use me. Use me to win him to you. And he's in my house, and I'm beating him with the Bible every day. He's getting it. And God told me, I will never use you. You're never going to be used in his salvation. I said, perfect. Who is? Get that person here right now. He started dating Danielle. They went to a church where he got an incredible mentor that loved him, walked him through everything. Jacob, my youngest one, God told me again, because I was like, I just want to be used by you, Lord. It's like, I'm not going to use you. Great, send who you will then. I'm so glad it doesn't have to be me. Woo! 
<laughs> and he sent Brian, what's his last name? Brian Daly. And, Brian, and my son was a mess at the time. Brian Daly loved him every single day, just loved him and loved him and loved him and loved him. Jackie Roberts loved him and loved him and loved him and loved him. They just, no matter what he does. And they were one. They were one. So I am on my knees every single day praying, send who will. God hasn't told me audibly yet. I'm hoping he does this Thursday night. It's like, okay, we did the other two. You got to tell me this one too, Lord. But maybe he won't. And that's okay. But it's like, I know, I know that love is going to be what wins me. So if our worship team will come back up, and we'll have our final song. And oh, thanks. <laughs> you guys are so sweet. You guys are so sweet. So let's just pray. We'll, we'll close with a prayer and then with a worship song. Lord God, we... Um, we are humbled by who you are, Lord, when we see your incredible love. Lord God, my, my prayer is that each woman here would just be that wave after wave. I want it to be your love, Lord. I want them to know that they know that they know that their father loves them like they have never been loved before in a love they can't even fathom, that they are the apple of his eye that they are his joy, that they are your creation, Lord. You have knit each one of us together in a very special way to be used by you, to be glor bring glory to the Lord, praise you, Lord, that, that our life would be able to do that, that you would be able to fill us in such a way that we would be able to bring glory to you. And I pray, Lord God, that you would help us, like the song said, empty me. Empty me, Lord. We pray just to be empty because we want to be filled up with this incredible, powerful, amazing, running like living waters love so that everyone that comes in contact with us is infected and that they go, what is that? What is that? And we'll be able to share with them. It's like, let me rock your world with a love like you've never imagined. And I love, Lord, that it's not easy but it is the most exciting adventure I've ever been on. Loving you, Lord, and following you has done things like I can't even believe, that I can't even imagine. You are so faithful and true. And the ladies, he who began a good work in you is going to be faithful to complete it. Don't give up. Never quit. Don't stop. Use this like this. Lord, help us cry out to you. Love never fails. Love never fails, and your love never fails. And I pray, Lord, as we just go down the hill, that the center of our being would be Christ, and you would just make the difference that we need, that we would see miracles done in your name, because anything that we ask of you, you will do. You're going to go before the Father for us as our intercessor. You're going to make the difference for us. You're going to give us purpose in our life, Lord God. And Lord, remove the fear from us that when we stand before you, that we will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Help us to keep your commandments and be obedient to your word, Lord God. 
and just see how you can turn our world in the Magic Valley upside down. We give you praise and honor and glory, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Doris. Were they supposed to do another worship song?